to do anything without him. Amen. But if he comes, we know the tempter's power is broken. Amen. If he comes, we know that miracles are in the building. Amen. If he comes, all things are possible. Amen. And I, I believe he's already here because you're here. Amen. If you weren't here, I would be pretty nervous tonight. But there's a house full of believers here that have tabernacle and deity. And you brought him right here with you to this meeting tonight. And I believe he's here to do something special for us. I I was just hearing the prophet of God today praying, and he said, you know, Lord, he said, let this meeting not just be an ordinary meeting, he said, but let it be an extraordinary meeting. And I just opened my heart, and I said, Lord, let that happen right here tonight. And you know how that old devil does? He always gets around and whispers something, and that old spirit just whispered and said, well, it's just Wednesday night. And I said, but it's a good night to serve the Lord. Amen. It may just be Wednesday night, but I believe it's a good night to serve him and to see him come right in here tonight and do something special for us. Don't you believe that? Let's just approach him tonight, could we? Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come before you tonight, we are indeed grateful to be called your children. Lord, we're thankful for the faith that's in our heart tonight that declares that you're not a historical God, but you are a living reality. Father, something in our heart tonight is pulsating. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, Lord, we're here tonight as a testimony of your grace and your mercy. Lord, your goodness that's followed us all the days of our lives. Lord, we awake every morning and your mercies are new. So, Father, as we come here tonight, we come to do one thing, and that is to lift up the name that is above every name. And, Lord, to worship you in the power of your resurrection. And, Father, I pray that you would send the Holy Spirit in this building in such a dynamic way tonight. 
Father, may every spirit be broken. May ever may ever sickness leave the bodies. May ever discouragement be defeated. Lord, I pray if there be any empty vessels here tonight, I pray, Lord, that you would send the dynamics of your spirit into that vessel, Father. Lord, if there be one here tonight that the oil has run out or it's running low, I pray, God, that you would send a refilling of your spirit in this building tonight. We've not come here, Lord, as just beggars, Lord, trying to get through another service. But, Father, we've come here as your adopted sons and daughters with authority tonight before you. And, Lord, you've given us authority to rebuke every spirit and to believe your word. So, Father, that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to cast out doubt. We're going to cast out tiredness. We're going to cast out unbelief. We're going to cast out depression. We're going to cast out every sickness. And we're going to believe for the impossible tonight. For, Lord, you're here to perform among your children. We invite you. Come be the speaker. Be the hearer here tonight. And we'll be sure to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory that's due your wonderful name. The name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we do pray. And all the believers says, amen and amen. God richly bless you tonight. Do you love the Lord? Amen. I know you do. You're here tonight to serve him on a Wednesday night. Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight while you're standing with us, we want to invite you in the scriptures. We'll go straight to the word tonight. We want to turn to the book of John, the 14th chapter. And then we're also going to read in the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter. And while you're turning there this evening, we want to greet you all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We sure count it an honor and a privilege to be here with you once again. And appreciate the opportunity, Brother Tim, give us to be here tonight. And we just pray that we can say something to be a blessing to you and an encouragement. And sure, sure appreciate you all here in Evening Light Tabernacle. And our friends here, we want to say God bless you. Bring your greetings from our pastor, Brother Sean Martin, and the saints there in Faith Tabernacle. I send their greetings to you as well this evening. And sure, sure glad to have my wife here, Mariah, and our little baby Malachi with us. And we sure appreciate them for uh, making the trip and being here with us this evening. And we just come out of the meetings there in Oklahoma at Brother Wendell's and had some powerful uh, services there. The Spirit of the Lord just moving and uh, doing some miraculous things. And it's an honor to be a part of what God is doing in this generation. Amen. And I, I believe we're standing here before a group of people tonight that believes the same God that was in the Bible is right here in this day. And Amen. We, we sure appreciate you all. And I was just thinking today, driving over here, uh, so many of you all, we grew up, Brother Tim, Brother Timothy, looking up to as heroes and now the opportunity to be friends and to fellowship around this word. It's a real, a real privilege to be believers and to have Holy Ghost filled friends to lead you and guide you under this message. Amen. And we sure appreciate these men of God here tonight. And if you have your Bibles, we want to look in John uh, 14. In verse 12, John 14 and verse 12, I know it's a very familiar reading to you, but Jesus here speaking, he says, Now, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Now, whenever Brother Branham refers to the greater works, nine times out of ten, he's automatically going to say, he raised the dead. He stopped nature. So there's nothing in quality we could do better. But there will be more, which is quantity. So it's not in quality, but it's in quantity. And the prophet of God said that word greater could easily be translated to more. So more works in this shall ye do. Verse 13, and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now we believe that Christ is the head of the church, right? So now we have the head speaking to the body. And in the 14th verse, he said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you ask anything in my name, 
I will do it. If you look with me in the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter, the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter, I know it's another very familiar reading to you as, as believers here tonight. I know it's the faith chapter of the Bible, but I, I just love what Paul writes here in Hebrews 11 and verse 1. He says, now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So now we're dealing with the unseen. For by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. So by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Now watch verse 3. And through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Amen. We ask the Lord this evening to add the blessing to the reading of his word. As you can have your seats here this afternoon, I want to tonight, by the help of the Lord, for just a few moments, uh, speak to you here on something that's just been burning on my heart for some time. And I want to title this tonight, The Bride's Paradox. Amen. The Bride's Paradox. You know, uh, I know Brother Branham preaches about six times a sermon called paradox. And I just maybe open this tonight and make a declaration of what I believe. I believe that this is the season of paradox. How many would agree with me that this is the season of paradox? It's the season, amen, when the miraculous is taking place. It's the season when miracles are happening, when signs and wonders are coming in the church. And amen, man cannot explain the things that's happening. The denominations have made no, have made no understanding. So they just put it on the outside. But there's a group of people here tonight called the bride of Jesus Christ who believes in the God of paradox. Now, when you look at this word paradox, Brother Bram goes to Webster and he said a paradox is something that seems incredible, but it's true. So it's something that's incredible, but yet it's true. He said, therefore, amen, a paradox would be the same as a miracle. A paradox is when something that seems like it just couldn't be the knowledge of the human mind, it's altogether incredible, but yet it's proven true. Now, he said a miracle would be the same thing, amen, for a miracle cannot be explained. So now, amen, we're dealing with something that is moved out of the scientific realm. It's moved out of the intellectual realm. It's moved out of the education realm, and it's moved into the unexplainable realm. The prophet of God said a miracle is something that happens, and you cannot explain it. He said that makes it a paradox. It is incredible, amen, but yet it's the truth. He said today a lot of modernists believe that the days of miracles is past. They don't believe there's such a thing as a miracle. He said, but yet I believe that the world is full of miracles. Amen. I believe that the world is full of miracles. He said, I believe, amen, that the paradox is constantly. So now we have a prophet, amen, declaring to the church, amen, that paradoxes are not just happening once a year or twice a year, amen, or in a special meeting or in a special convention, amen, but paradoxes are actually happening on a daily basis, amen, because the God of paradox has returned to the church. He said, now, what makes a paradox is when somebody, amen, believes God and takes him at his word. Amen. That's what makes a paradox is when somebody, amen, will believe God and they will take him at his word. Now, I love how the prophet breaks that down for us and says another word, amen, for paradox is miracle. So I could have easily
simply call this, amen, the bride's miracle. Amen. The prophet of God shows us, amen, that the miracle worker is not a man, amen, but the miracle worker is Christ. If you if you go read the Bible, you'll find about 45 uh, specific records of the miracles that Christ performed. Amen. And I just want to say this to you tonight. I believe, amen, that if we read the Bible, we have seen miracles. I believe if we read the message, amen, we have seen miracles. But I also believe that we are seeing miracles. Amen. And I believe we shall see miracles. I, I believe we've seen miracles. I believe we're seeing miracles. And I believe that we shall see miracles. Amen. Because this is the hour of the paradox. This is the hour, amen, when things are happening that you can't explain, I can't explain. Amen. Preachers can't explain. Well, amen. I feel like preaching here for a second. Amen. So because they can't explain it, they begin to criticize it. Amen. Or push it aside or, def- or, or defame it. But let me say this. We have no right, amen, to criticize the power of the Holy Ghost. We have no right to reduce the supernatural down, amen, to some intellectual understanding or some scientific understanding. We are not, amen, a natural people. We're not following a natural message, but we have been called by a supernatural God. And whether you want to believe it or not, you may be looking for a miracle. You may be praying for a miracle. You may be begging God for a miracle, but little did you realize when you was combing your hair and you was brushing your teeth and you was getting ready to come to church and you were looking in the mirror, amen, you were looking at a walking, talking, breathing, amen, living miracle. Listen, friends, you are a miracle. Amen, you've lived another week in Satan's Eden and you still have your right mind. You you still have a desire in your heart to worship God. Come on, church, some of you all have lived another week and heard all kinds of rumors about things, amen, in different situations, but here you are in the house of God on a Wednesday night with a fire in your heart, with an amen in your soul, with a thank you Jesus in your soul. Amen. Where is that coming from? That's not coming from science. That's not coming from education. That is coming from the God of paradox. Listen, friends, you look for a miracle. You believe for a miracle will open your eyes. Amen. You are a miracle. Amen. I love what the prophet says in the second miracle 51. He said, anything that's outside of the ordinary, it's a miracle. Anything that's outside of the ordinary, that's a miracle. Now, you all know what's ordinary today, don't you? Amen. It's ordinary not to be in church on Wednesday night. Amen. It's ordinary not to raise your hands. It's ordinary not to say amen. It's ordinary, amen, not to enjoy the anointing. Amen. It's ordinary not to get into the service. It's ordinary not to preach the dynamics of the Holy. It's ordinary. But listen, friends, we're not an ordinary church. I'm not an ordinary preacher. This is not an ordinary bride. Amen. This is a paradox. Amen. When the God of creation has returned in the power of his resurrection to defy five senses of the outside and inner man. Amen. And to declare that there is something greater working on the inside of you. Amen. It's something stronger. It's something more powerful. Amen. It's the word of God. It's a miracle. It's outside of the ordinary. Now, when the prophet of God says this, he says the world that we are living in is full of paradox. He said the very earth, the very earth that we're sitting on right now itself is a paradox. 
Now Hebrews 11.3 said through faith we understand that the worlds were what? They were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. In the paradox 62 he said the very earth that we're sitting on is a paradox. What is it? It's the word of God made manifest. See he made it without anything to make it out of. The only thing he had was his word. Now listen and his word is a creation in itself. Amen. The only thing he had was his word. Amen. But his word is a creation in itself. He said then when it's once spoke, it can never return again until it's accomplished. Amen. That what it's been purposed for. He said, doctor, I'm beginning to feel religious. Amen. His word cannot return until it has accomplished what it's been spoke for. And God is awaiting this afternoon on a people that will take a hold of that word and will hold on to it until it's accomplished accomplished what his purpose for listen do you realize that God has a purpose for every service that you have in this church he has a purpose for your life he has a purpose for your meetings he has a purpose for your gatherings listen and when God sends something on purpose it will not return to him void if he sends a healing somebody gonna get it if he sends a deliverance somebody's gonna get it if he purposes this service amen to deliver a young person amen some young person's gonna be delivered if he purposes an entire meeting, amen, to save one soul, amen, that meeting is not in vain because he's the God of paradox and he comes on the scene and his word cannot return unto him void. It must accomplish, it must accomplish, amen, that what his purpose for. He said, many of us know, I've seen it myself, amen, such things like that happen. He said, see, creative things, somebody say that with me, creative things, amen, creative things that I know has happened if I had time to linger on it but I haven't amen of scientific proof of the impossibilities of creation then this bride has moved out amen of just the rituals and the cycle of going to church she's moved out of just the ordinary services amen she has stepped over into creative power she has stepped over into where things can be created while the word is being pre well I feel good amen she's coming to a place where she can think it amen and before she speaks it it can materialize before her because the power of creation has returned to the church through the God of creation he said only God himself could do it because he's God and a God that could perform a paradox amen there is still the same God today that can still make a paradox amen then the same God of Genesis 1 is in this building tonight the same God in John the second chapter that turned the water into wine and manifested the first miracle is in this building tonight. The same God that raised the widow of Nain's son from the dead is in this building tonight. The same God that healed blind Bartimaeus is in this building tonight. The same God that filled 120 vessels in the upper room is in this building tonight. Amen. The same God that stepped out on nothing and created everything is in this building tonight. And he's not looking for your ability. He's not looking for my ability. He's looking for somebody who will break out of the spheres of just ordinary church and ordinary ideas and will break into a realm of supernatural and will hold on to the word of God until it accomplishes until it accomplishes somebody shall accomplish until it accomplishes what God has purposed it for then we're not dealing with just a Bible tonight we're not just
carrying spoken word books. Amen. But we have got a hold of a creative word. Can you say amen? We are under the power of creative word. Now the prophet of God said every man and woman in here that has everlasting life. How many, how many has everlasting life? You know what a prophet said? He said, you have everlasting life by the creative word of God who spoke things into existence. Now, do you all know where that word is identified? That word is the word of John 1. That in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. He said, see, the word spoken was a creative word and every word that's spoken cannot be taken back for a mistake. If God spoke it, it cannot be retracted amen and repolished amen when it comes time to be manifested. No sir, the word of God written in the Bible is his word to us and every promise has the same power of creation behind it that God's word did at the beginning if we believe it to be the word of God. If we can believe the word that we're believing is a creative word, then the same power of creation that was in Genesis 1 that was behind those three powerful words let there be is the same power of creation that's with this message and the word has never failed in the mouths of believing Christian you say preacher how could a prophet say that amen because the word never failed in the mouth of a word then if this is a word bride then it's not a different word in your mouth it's the same word in your mouth that was in the mouth of the word himself Listen, church, it's time to quit crying. It's time to speak. Amen. It's time to speak healing. It's time to speak deliverance. It's time to speak the power of God. Listen, it's time to speak the storms out of existence. It's time to speak devils out of your life. Come on, church. It's time to quit sitting there letting the devil run us around like a bunch of helpless, hopeless church members that don't have a clue who our daddy is. Our daddy is the creator of heavens and earth, and his word has been sent into this generation to defeat the devil anywhere, anytime, any place, under any condition. I will not back up. I will not turn around. I will not lay down. I will believe that this is the hour of the bride's paradox when things are going to happen that you can't explain. And I can't explain, but the reason it's happening is because you are the word. And there's a power behind you. Oh, come on, church. He said, see, it depends on where the seed falls. If it falls into a ground, amen, that can create. If the word, if the creative word falls into a ground that can create, then you will see a manifestation of the God of paradox. He said, why the right mental attitude towards any divine promise of God will bring it to pass. Can I get a witness that believes that? If you'll just look at it and take care of the word just right. See, then what is it? Creative word must fall into creative ground. Now that takes me from John 14, amen, over to John 15. When Jesus said, if ye abide in me and my word in you, then ask what you will and it shall be given unto you. Brother said, where's the church standing at? Amen. Moses stood there and said, let there be frogs. And there wasn't a frog in the country. In an hour's time, they were 10 foot deep in places. 
He said, what was it? It was God, the creator, amen, was hiding himself in a simple man. He said, now I want to ask you something. If the blood of a bull or a goat be used for a bleach, which can only cover and could put a man into position to speak the creative word of God and bring flies into existence, amen, then why would you stumble at the bleach of Jesus Christ's blood who could speak a squirrel into existence or something? Amen, don't you stumble over it. Believe that he still remains to be God. Come on, church. Moses spoke and said, let there be frogs. And he was not under the atonement of Calvary. He was not under the purchased, perfect, creative, redemptive blood of Jesus Christ. But at his word, there was frogs that come into existence. And at his word, there was frogs that went out of existence. Well, I might as well preach since I'm here. Amen. And we're not under the blood of a bull or a goat. We are under the blood, amen, of almighty God that is not just covered our sin. It has divorced our sin. It has erased our sin. It has annihilated our sin. If there's ever been a people on the face of the earth in position to manifest the spoken word, this bride is in position to speak the word. It's a creative word. It's a delivering word. It's a powerful word. Amen. And that word is in your mouth. Oh God, if Moses could do it, so could you. Come on, church. If Moses could do it, so can you. Because greater is he that, I'm going to say it to you, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world against you. Come on, I'm not talking about the blood of a bull and goat. I'm talking about creative blood. I'm talking about perfect blood. I'm talking about a blood that is so powerful that it took the sin of your life, Brother L, all the way back down to hell and put it up on that dirty devil and said, you're the one responsible for this. Come on, young people. The reason you ain't speaking is because the devil's speaking to you. But it's your turn to speak. It's your turn to shut that devil up. It's your turn to let that devil know I'm not just an ordinary teenager. I'm not just an ordinary young man. I'm a sanctified, justified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, pillar of fire anointed, amen, son of the living God with a creative word in my mouth. It's time you open your mouth and talk back to depression. It's your turn to talk back to pornography. It's your turn to talk back to suicide. It's your turn to talk back to lukewarmness. You have been anointed by the creative word of God to speak a miracle into existence and walk in the joy and the liberty. Hallelujah. I'm not talking about dead letter. I'm talking about manifested, vindicated, quickened word creative word that's put you in position by creative blood to speak the word you say preacher how many does it take to speak brother Bram said it only takes one believer he said it only takes one believer who is completely surrendered for another paradox now don't get mad at me but I believe brother Tim we have the right to believe for paradoxes every service I don't care what's going on in the church I don't care what situations you're facing I believe every time that two or three gather in the name of Jesus Christ underneath the creative blood cell of almighty God you got a right to believe for a miracle you got a right to believe for a healing you got a right to believe for prodigals to come home you got a right to believe for cancer to leave body while the word is being spoken you've got a right to believe for a visible manifestation of the same pillar of fire that was there when the bible was being wrote you've got a right to believe that that pillar of fire has returned to the church in the power of the resurrection and you can be a part of it 
We ain't got to take no back seat and say, well, maybe some service or maybe some hour. This is the bride's paradox. This is the bride's paradox. Now listen to what a prophet said. He said, we are either surrendered to the strength of God or we are surrendered to the strength of Satan. Do you see why you can believe for paradoxes? It's because you can come in here, amen, and physically be as weak as dishwater and have one of the greatest services of your life. You can come in here and walk. Some of you men of God know what I'm talking about. Walk to the pulpit and feel like you ain't got nothing to move. Amen. A turtle somewhere. Amen. But just stand there and start preaching the message. Just stand there and start reading some scriptures and lining some quotes up. And all of a sudden you'll feel an anointing drop in the building. Do you know what that is? That's because the paradox is not performed by our strength. It's performed by the strength of Jehovah. Then that's why we can melt the pulpit and say, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich because it's not the man that's going to do it. It's the God by the creative word on the inside of the soul of the man that's going to take control of a 16 element body and speak lip to ear with the queen of heaven. We are either surrendered to God or Satan. Remember said look at the maniac up in Gadara. He said listen if you ever seen anybody with double their power it's a maniac because they're completely anointed with Satan. A maniac is completely anointed. Can we say that together? Completely anointed with Satan. And the satanic power gives them twice their strength. Now if a person, amen, completely surrendered to the devil will give him twice his strength. Amen. Then what will a man, what will a man that is completely surrendered to God do? It'll make you so weak. He said maybe you're crippled and you can't stand up but surrender yourself to God and a new life and a new strength comes in and you go to walking away. If you can become so completely surrendered to the devil, listen, and the devil anoints you to come in service and say, I'm too tired to be here. I'm too tired to worship. I'm too tired to praise. Amen. If the devil can do that to you, then what about Jesus Christ, the Son of God? If he can anoint you, it'll bring a new life. It'll bring a new hope. It'll bring a new strength. Because when you are completely surrendered to God, you become completely anointed of God and new strength comes in. I love what the Bible says in, in Isaiah 12 too. Behold, God is my salvation and I will trust him and not be afraid for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and he is my song. He has also become my salvation. In Isaiah 26 verse 4, he said, trust you in the Lord forever for in the Lord Jehovah is what? Everlasting strength. <laughs> In the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Now, Brother Ram said, what is it? It is Christ, amen, coming to his body. Amen. It is Christ is the word. We all know that the anointing is Christ, amen, that comes on the word, amen, that makes the word live. He said, now the word is in your heart. Do you believe that? You believe in divine healing. Whatever more, see, then Christ, the anointing, comes to his body, just like husband and wife become one. He said, now the church. The church has got to get to the ministry until the church and Christ become one and he can anoint you for every blessing that's in the Bible. All of it is yours. Amen. Everything is promised at this age is yours. 
everything that's promised for this age in the word of God is yours but the only way you will possess it is the anointing of Christ must rest upon your soul and then that anointing will bring you into connection and then it'll be God in you believing his own word do you believe that? See, because God's word is truth. Now, when you start talking about truth, the prophet says it very beautiful. He said that truth is actually more stranger than fiction. He said when you tell a person the truth, amen, sometimes it seems very strange. He said like they tell the story of how that William Tell shot the apple off of his boy's head. You ever heard that one? Or they, or they tell one about how that a man got in a fight over in France and he got his head cut off and he didn't want to die there. So he picked up his head and he carried it five miles up on the hill, set it down, and Brother Branham, was, Brother Branham was touring there, and he said, while he was touring, he said, they said, Brother Branham, be real quiet, this man, he died here, Brother Branham said, oh, I guess he did that by faith, he said, my faith is too weak to believe that, see, what it is, is the world actually accepts fiction, but then they reject vindicated truth, they will accept that William Tell shot an apple off of his boy's head, they will accept that a man got his head cut off, amen, and carried it up five miles the hill and laid it down and died, they will accept that nonsense. Amen. But tell him that you was in a meeting and you went in there bound with the spirit and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost come in and begin to discern between the spirit and the soul and begin to liberate you by the surgeon's knife and every devil of hell raise up and say, well, that didn't happen. Amen. But I want to say this. We may be in the world of fiction, but we are not of the world of fiction because we have been sanctified and anointed by the spirit of truth. We are living in an evil world that's full of fiction. But I want to announce to you tonight, we are sanctified by the God of righteousness. And that, my friend, is a paradox. The world is believing lies. They're living by lies. They're telling lies. They're breathing lies. Amen. Everything about this world is controlled by the father of all lies. Amen. But right here in the middle of Satan's Eden, there is a bride who is fulfilling the prayer of Jesus in John 17 when he said, Father, sanctify them. Amen and sanctify them with the truth. Listen, friends, I believe this is a paradox that he could sanctify church because thy word is the truth. Now, the prophet says it very beautiful in the church age book. He says, herein is most evidently set forth that the perfect manifestation of God is in the Son by the indwelling Spirit manifesting, amen, in word and works. He said, now that is exactly what he's been teaching all along, that when the bride will get back to being a word bride, she might produce, she might possibly produce. It might accidentally happen. She will produce, amen, the very works that Jesus produced. Now, I'm just going to preach to you for a minute. Amen, because I've been traveling and preaching long enough to hear people say this. Well, we're just a word church. You know, we're just a word church. All we want is word, 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 word. Amen, we don't want, no, that works. We're just a word church. And then I've met some of them, Brother Aaron, and they're just all works church, you know. But what's amazing to me is they're not a message church if they're just claiming to be a word church. And they're not a message church if they're just claiming to be a works church because the word and the works go together wherever the word of God is the works of God will be you cannot separate the word from the works the word is God the spirit is God they are all one so one cannot work apart from the other if one truly has the spirit of God he will have the word of God that is how it was in the prophets they had the indwelling spirit of God and the word came to them 
Listen, if you got the spirit in the church, you've got the word. And if you've got the word in the church, the spirit will be there. Amen. Because the spirit comes to the word. Amen. We find the word coming because of the spirit of God. Now, I love the prophet of God. He gives us a beautiful, a beautiful commentary of John 16, 13. He says, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, and he stops and says, word is come. He will guide you into all truth. Stops again and says, thy word is truth. He said, and he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, he stops again and says, word of God. Amen. That shall he speak. He stops again and says, word. And he will show you things to come. He stops and says, it's the spirit. Amen. Bringing the word of prophecy. Amen. The spirit bringing the word of prophecy. Amen. Then if the word of prophecy is in the church, it has got to come from the spirit of God or it's not of God because the spirit alone brings the word. Somebody say, well, preacher, we just need some special preacher. Amen. No, we need the spirit of God because the spirit of God brings the word into the church. He said the evidence would be that you would be in the truth. You would be in the word for your age because evidence has to do with the receiving of the word. I love how he caps this off. He says the evidence of a spirit-filled Christian believer is not to produce the truth, amen, the word, but to receive the truth, the word, and to believe it and to obey it. So we are to receive it, we are to believe it, and we are to obey it. And if we receive it, believe it, and obey it, amen, the very works that Jesus done will be done again in the word bride. Can you say amen? Because we're living in an intellectual age, but we are in, amen, the word. The word of God has brought us into the age where the word has the preeminence in the life of the believer. I love what the prophet says. He said, oh, how God keeps his word in this intellectual age. How many, how many witnesses have I got here tonight that God keeps his word in this intellectual age? He said how he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. How he can still discern the thoughts of the human heart how he can still change man, how he can still keep every word that he promised in this day, how he can still manifest and let them take the picture of that same pillar of fire that followed Israel, the same one that was with the Lord Jesus, the same one that was down there with Saul on the road, amen, is the same one that come in and delivered Peter out of the prison. Now that same angel of God is here tonight. He has just brought the spirit by the word into the church and said the same angel that was with Moses was the same angel with Paul was the same angel with Jesus and that angel is in here tonight and he's doing the very same thing that he did when it was here on earth manifested in human flesh why? because he's the same yesterday, today and forever listen church, I believe with all my heart that God is wanting people to believe in paradox I believe that's the heart's desire of God is to have somebody in this intellectual age that still believes things can happen that intellects can't explain that still believes things can happen that science cannot figure out that still believes things can happen amen that the doctors have to scratch their head and walk out of the room and say I don't know what happened amen but that gives you a time to stand up and square your shoulders back and declare that God of paradox made a visit by your home by your hospital room by your pew by your church I'm this close to it, I might as well preach. Amen. I think if we're a believer, we ought to give God all the credit and not try to sit around and reason how something happened. Amen. To make it look like we had a little bit of knowledge of how it could have not been the way it turned out to be. 
Well, I feel good, don't you? You say, what are you talking about? I've met people, amen, that they'll be in a dire need and they'll say, oh, we're going to the hospital or, or, we're, or, or we got a problem in our body. Would you pray, Brother Joe? Would you pray? And you, you stop what you're doing and you gather your family together and you say, oh, Brother so-and-so's in dire need or Sister so-and-so's in dire need. Their heart's beating or, or they're, they're dying. Oh, God, come on the scene. And about an hour later, they call you up and you say, well, how are you doing? They say, well, I'm doing real good. You say, well, what happened? Well, the doctor come in and the doctor found out that it really wasn't as bad as we thought it was. You know, some things changed. Amen. Don't you give that devil of science, amen, an ounce of the time that somebody took to pray for you. I don't care what the scan said. Let's give all the credit to God. You don't know what happened between the time you got to the hospital and you got in the MRI machine. But I know one thing that can happen is that God of paradox can come on the scene and he can stop a heart attack. He can reverse a stroke. He can clean an artery. He can raise a dead boy. He can bring life back into a breathless body. Listen, I'm not talking about Buddha or Muhammad. I'm talking about Jesus and he's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be lifted up. He's worthy to be lifted up above science. He's worthy to be lifted up above intellectualism because he's not a God that's controlled by radar of scientific instruments. He's a God of paradox and he does the impossible just to confirm he's God. Don't you give that devil no credit. God done it. God done it. God done it. I know, and God bless every one of our medical staff, but God done it. Come on, I read the other day where the Father of God said, any doctor practicing medicine ought to believe in the deity of God. Well, preach, Brother Andrew, thank you, I believe I will. Keep going, buddy, you're doing a good job. Thank you, I believe I will. We are not going to give the devil no room to get any credit in one testimony. We're going to shut the door in every, we're going to shut his door in every way we can because we know had it not been for the Lord who was on our side, we wouldn't be sitting here tonight. Amen. But somebody bigger and somebody greater and somebody mightier and somebody more powerful and somebody more stronger and somebody more real. Amen. Than any human being was on our side. And he said, listen, devil, stand back. I will deliver them once again by my mighty hand. Oh, I believe that we become a prisoner to him. And the prophet of God said, now, he said, he is in you. The God of paradox, he is in you. Watch Brother Bram turn it from that to John 14, 12 and say, the works that I do shall he do also. Now you say, preacher, when is he in me? Well, can I say it like the Bible said? Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Beloved, now, so somebody say now. Now are we the sons of God. And if death not yet appear, what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Remember, said now the Bible said, Now are we the sons of God. He said, Now is now a present tense. I like that, Brother Josh. Now is now a present tense. Amen. Not we will be, we are now. We are this very morning. We are this very hour. Now we are the sons of God seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Who is Christ Jesus? He's the miracle worker. He's the way maker. He's the promise keeper. Brother, he's the God of paradox. Amen. And I'll say it to you like this. We are in the God of paradox. Brother L, we are in the God of paradox. But let's not just stop there. The God of paradox is in us. 
We are in him, but he is in us. That's why Paul said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. He would say again in Colossians 1.27, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is, amen, Christ in you, the hope of glory. If any man be in Christ, Brother Darrell, if any man be in the anointing, and then if the anointing be in any man, amen, that is the power to become a paradox. Prophet of God said, I believe every born again member of the body of Christ is a paradox in themselves. Amen. See, when you're born again, then it's an easy thing to believe in miracles because you are a part of the miracle worker. He said, a son and daughter of God, not by the nomination, not by creed, not by handshake, but by a birth that you have died to your own intellects and have been born of the spirit of God. And you are a paradox in yourself. How that you've been changed. You've been changed from death unto life. Out of your innermost being, out of your innermost being is a new creation in Christ Jesus. It's a paradox. Out of your innermost being, it's a new creation. It's a paradox. Can I tell you what it is? It's Jesus on the inside, amen, working on the outside. Oh, what a change is taking place in our lives. See, because God is his own interpreter. God interprets his word by bringing it to pass. I love what the prophet says. He said that Christ is the living interpretation of his own word. Amen, Christ is the living interpretation of his own word then how does Christ the anointing interpret his own word he brings Christ coming to his body amen the head the anointing coming to the body the head is manifesting itself through the body and it's breaking the powers of unbelief it's breaking the chains of sickness amen because the anointing will destroy the yoke of the enemy can you say amen? Now the Bible says, now I just want to labor here for a second because I believe that we're not following fables. I don't believe we're following fiction stories. I don't, I don't believe we're following fairy tales. I believe we're following the Bible and it's the truth. And Peter said that we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power. Somebody say power. And the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But were eyewitnesses of his majesty. We were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Now, when you look at this word cunningly, one definition of it means to play the sophist. When you break that down, play the sophist, it is related with skepticism. And the prophet of God said this is a powerful quote. He said, "May we can I, can I read it to you? He said, may we see it tonight, the living Christ who is not dead but is raised again for our justification now lives among us in the person of the Holy Ghost. May he come tonight and speak to every heart that's visible and invisible audience and may he perform in their hearts that work of the new birth and bring to them the redemption power of his resurrection, taking away all shadows of doubt and unbelief and destroying all skepticism that the church might move on in the perfect harmony with the will of God as presented by the Bible and the Holy Spirit. Amen. A prophet was praying that the anointing would come into the building which is the person of Christ and would anoint the congregation to see Christ visible in this visible audience and those who are at home to see him in their home and that he may perform in their heart the work of the new birth. Now when I read 
that quote in my mind, Brother Tim, couldn't help but go into that famous quote everybody loves to use to dismiss the Holy Ghost. Amen. The mystery of the baptism of the Holy Ghost without sensation. Amen. But the person, amen, if you're going to read it, read all of it. Hello, somebody. If you're going to read it, read all of it. Amen. But the person of Christ, amen, performing in you, amen, the same works that he did. Listen, friends, if you get the same Holy Ghost that Apostle Peter got, if you get the same Holy Ghost that Mary got, if you get the same Holy Ghost that was poured out in the upper room, it will manifest itself in your body, amen, the same way it did in theirs because it's only changing temples, but it's the same spirit listen friends I believe the Holy Ghost is in the church tonight to anoint somebody to believe for every promise in the world I believe that my God still breaks the chains of addiction I believe that my God still comes in and he still discerns situations and he still breaks strongholds because Christ is the anointed word and we are the anointed body and wherever the head is and the body is connected the same works that was in the head will be done in the body well I might as well preach I'm this close to it amen you want me to get the same thing Peter God and act like a dry dead up amen starchy stiff neck amen cold critical moss back church member I refuse to be a church member I refuse to be a cold formal moss back traditional message believer I have received the anointing of the Holy Ghost in fire and in demonstration and I will not give up my inalienable rights I will not give up my Pentecostal rights. I will not give up my right to dance. I will not give up my right to preach this message. I will not give up my right to have prayer lines. I will not give up my right to preach the seventh seal. I will not give up my rights to preach the third pull because I got the same thing that they got in the upper room and it's doing the same thing in me that it did in them because it's the same head. I will not lay down. I will not shut up. I will not back up. I will not turn around. I will speak the creative word and go forward. Well, we might as well take back our rights. Have you forgot you got a right to say amen? Have you got a... Well, I'm this close to it. It's a devil. It's a devil. It's a devil. It's a spirit that crawled out of the pits of hell. And it's a spirit of fear. And it's a spirit of intimidation. Well, I'm this close to it. Can I preach, Brother Tim? It's a spirit of fear that crawled up out of the pits of hell. And the Spirit of the Lord dealt with my heart. Very specific the other day. I was studying. And he said it's a f- spirit of fear. And fear is an intimidator. And it's a manipulator. I said, oh God, what are, you, what are you showing me in this? You know what fear is? It's an intimidator. The minute fear gets around you, it starts intimidating you. And when it starts intimidating you, you know what it does? It starts manipulating you. If you don't believe me, just look at COVID. If you don't believe me, just look at COVID. Just a few short years ago, somebody got on the airways and they said there's a virus in the land. And you never one time went to Walmart with a mask on your face. 
Come on, we, we didn't do that. Amen. We never one time filled all of our trucks up with a bunch of Germex. We just didn't do that. Amen. We never one time left our groceries out on the porch and put them through sanitizing processes to bring them into the house. We never did that. But a spirit of fear broke out and it began to intimidate people. And you know what it began to do? It began to manipulate the way of life. So people went from getting together to staying home. They went from coming to church. Amen. To being afraid that the only place you could catch COVID was at church. Now I'm going to move on if I can from the natural to the spiritual. If fear is an intimidator and a manipulator in the natural, it is also in the spiritual. And there is a spirit of fear that is crawled up out of the pits of hell that is breathing its poisonous breath upon the church that there's a little fear. We're going to get out of the middle of the road. We're going to get out of balance. We're, we're going to get too far to the left or too far to the right. I know where I'm standing. I've got my own books and tapes. And I took two hours the other day and studied what a prophet said. I don't have the whole study in front of me. But I will tell you this. He said, I always preach in the middle of the road. He said, Isaiah 35, amen, is the middle of the road. There's a highway, but then there's a way that's called holiness. He said, and the angel of the Lord is in the middle of the road. Brother Tim, time I got done studying that, I realized a lot of guys ain't read what the prophet said about the middle of the road. Amen, amen, in the middle of the road is where the angel is. In the middle of the road is where liberty is. In the middle of the road is where the anointing is. In the middle of the road is where the liberty is to preach all the counsel of God and not shun to declare one bit of it. In the middle of the road come on church. In the middle of the road is liberty to shout and it's also liberty to cry. In the middle of the road is liberty to dance and it's also liberty to raise your hands. Come on church. You want to talk about the middle of the road? Let's talk about it. Let's get back in the middle of the road. Let's get back to where we don't worry about who's looking at us and what somebody said about us and what somebody thought about us and what some dead, dried up, uninspired, unanointed idea come around this message. We are the freeborn sons and daughters of God and we got a liberty to shout. We got a liberty to rejoice. We got a liberty to preach. We got a liberty to teach. We got a liberty to pray. We got a liberty to repent. And it's only found in the middle of the road. It's only found in the middle of the road. Yeah, yeah. But Brim said, I always preach in the middle of the road. So you know what I don't have to do? I don't have to sit down and dissect quotes and wonder if he's in the middle of the road. Every time he preached, he was in the middle. Come on, church. If he was in 47, he was in the middle of the road. If he was in 52, he was in the middle of the road. Oh God. If he was at Jack Moore's, or if he was at Joseph Bose's, or if he was at the full gospel, or he was at Angela's Temple, it did not make a difference. He was a word prophet who was anointed, amen, to make a trail, amen, from time into eternity. And he led the church. He led the church in the middle of the road. Now you say, who are you after? I'm after that devil that's trying to breathe his poisonous breath and change the way we have meetings. Change the way we preach this message. Change the way we worship. Well, can I take my liberty? That devil will never change this bride. That devil will never change this message. You can ridicule us. Brother Tim, you can ostracize us. You can call us what you want to. But we're following a vindicated prophet. And if he said it, we ain't a bunch of sissies. We're going to say what he said. If it backs every devil up, we don't care. Brother T, 
anything. We got to stay in the middle of the road because, Brother Tim, good things, good things. I said good things. Good things happen in the middle of the road. I said good things. I said good things. I said good things. Powerful things. Miracles. Miraculous. Supernatural. Wonder working miracles take place. Oh, if I was that devil, I'd crawl up out of the pits of hell too and try to keep our young people out of the middle of the road. If I was that devil too, I'd try to crawl up out of the pits of hell and keep our preachers out of the middle of the road because good things. Y'all didn't know you was coming preaching out, but y'all. Look at somebody next to you and say good things. No, you told the wrong person. Good things. Good things happen. Good things happen in the middle of the road. You want to preach about the middle of the road? Let's preach about it for a second. What about Shamgar? You know what my prophet said? He said he got sick and tired of, of them Philistines robbing his family. He said, so he grabbed an ox, go direct quote, and he ran out there and jumped in the middle of the road. He jumped out in the middle of the road and he whipped 600 Philistines in the middle of the road. You know what? He couldn't do that if he was in a ditch. If he was in an old formal ditch, they would tell him, well, you ain't got no business hollering. You ain't got no business crying. You ain't got no business screaming. You ain't got no business listening to tapes. You ain't got no business having prayer lines. If he was in a formal ditch, if he was in a fanatical ditch, they would have got him so worked up, he wouldn't have known how to fight. But because he was a seed of Abraham, with a promise of God upon his life, and an anointing upon him, he jumped out of the window, Brother Tim, and in the middle of the road, he defeated 600 Philistines. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stand right here in the middle of the road and I'm going to whip intellectual devils. I'm going to whip fanatical devils. I'm going to whip demons of depression because I am a believer who is believing in the God of paradox and i got a right. My inheritance is in the middle of the road. My deliverance is in the middle of the road. My miracle is in the middle of the road. My breakthrough is in the middle of the road. I ain't got a time to get in your ditch. I got to stay where the anointing's falling. Good things happen. Devils get whipped in the middle of the road. Devils get whipped. In the middle of the road. Now you know we don't establish anything on one quote, do we? Let's find another one. Good things happen. In the middle of the road. The prodigal God said blind Bartimaeus was blind from he was sitting there. That's pretty pretty clear, huh? Blind Bartimaeus was blind. I heard somebody say that one time when I was a kid, and I always thought, why'd they say that? And here I just, blind Bartimaeus was blind, but not for long because he's in the middle of the road. Yeah. Prophet God said he sat there in the middle of the road. He said he began to hear that Jesus was passing by, and he began to cry out. He began to cry out, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. You know what the prophet God said? He said that intellectual crowd tried to shut him up. So we have direct evidence that Bon Bartimaeus was in the middle of the road. He was not in the intellectual ditch because if he was there, he wouldn't have cried. He was not in the formal ditch because if he was there, he would have tried to get some chart to teach a way to get healing. But because, oh God, but because he was in the middle of the road where the angel of the Lord is, he could sit there and cry out. 
and the prophet of God said right there in the middle of the road blind Bartimaeus stopped Jesus in his tracks and he turned around and he healed him and he got up and he walked away healed now I know the devil don't want me to preach this but I'm going to preach the last one the third one good things happen good things happen in the middle of the road. You say, preacher, what are you saying? My Bible says that Saul was on his way down there to persecute Christians. He was on his way down there to persecute Christians and the prophet of God said, out of the sky come the pillar of fire. He said, and met Paul or met Saul in the middle of the road and changed him from Saul to Paul. Well, let me go ahead and put that devil on notice. Changes happen in the middle of the road. (laughs) That's why we got to preach this message. That's why we got to say what a prophet said. That's why we got to stay in the anointing. It's where good things happen is in the middle of the road. You say, preacher, you lost your mind. Have I really? Have I really lost my mind? Miracles happen in the middle of the road. You say, miracles happen. Yes, sir. The prophet of God said like this. He said, now watch. He said, Jesus on earth was a paradox. When he was here on earth, he walked on water. One day he took five biscuits and two fish and fed 5,000. The fish wasn't even alive. He said, but when he broke the bread and a piece of biscuit fell off and he handed it out, he said, the time he got his hand back again, there was another biscuit there already raised the wheat in the field already cooked see notice this and that element is given to us that element is given to us brother Aaron if we'll just abide in the word if we'll just abide in the word the supernatural element is given to us stay there stay where the middle of the road Somebody opened the door and left that devil out of here. Good things happen, Brother Jackson, in the middle of the road. That's why he said, I believe we're on the verge of seeing it happen. If we live true to the word, there you are. He had cooked fish, and that was a paradox. See, what happened was, was the human element went out, and the supernatural element come in. When the human element went went out, they were no longer trying to weigh things out and balance things out. They were just saying what a prophet said. Because when you lay aside the human element, he said, then the mind of Christ comes in and all the human elements are gone. Now, somebody says, well, preacher, amen, if we're going to preach this message, then we got to get out of all this little shallow supernatural stuff. Well, you should have read your, your prophet before you made that silly statement. I'm going to get in trouble, sure as the word. You should have studied a prophet because a prophet identifies what a mystery is. He said a mystery is a scripture which is a previously hidden truth but is now divinely revealed which a supernatural element still remains amen despite the revelation. So when the revelation comes, the revelation does not dismiss the supernatural. When the revelation comes, the revelation does not dismiss the anointing. The revelation comes a and it still brings a supernatural element. Now, can I say it to you like this? If we're going to see miracles, if we're going to stay in the word, if we're going to stay in the middle of the road, then we must do it by the super sign and by the sixth sense. Now, Isaiah says, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Mark 11, Jesus says, have faith in God. Now, listen to the prophet. He said, the sixth sense.
sense belongs only to the Christian. He said the sixth sense is better known to the Christian as faith. It's the one that governs and guides you. It's superior to all the other senses. Listen, the super sense is the Holy Spirit. The faith of God that dwells in you. If you let the five senses be yielded to the sixth sense, it'll guide you and bring all other five senses under control of the super sense. For it's so far above. Are you hearing me? It's so far above the natural sense as the spiritual man is above the natural. It's as far and as high as the heavens is above the natural man. It makes you believe things that you cannot see. It makes you act where you do not think the five senses would ever think about. Listen, the devil, listen church, the devil can get into these five senses and lie to you. He can get in your see and lie. He can get in your feel and lie. He can get in your memory and lie. He can get in your reason and lie. He said, but he can't. Cannot touch that super sense. It's far beyond his reach. See, that comes from God. It's called faith. Faith is that great thing. Listen, the sixth sense for this reason only and was to make the five senses in you deny anything that's contrary to God's word. Super sense, paragraph 68. Any symptom that's contrary to God's promise, amen, the sixth sense says it isn't there. If the sixth sense is in your soul guiding you and governing you and leading you, it will cause you to call things that are as though they're not and call things that are not as though they are. See, because to see a miracle, you've got to cast down, amen, every high thing, every imagination that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. I love this church. The prodigal says, but the super sign. Now, now that's the super sense. He said, now look at the super sign. He said, the super sign is still God ever remains true to that super sign. It's God in man manifesting his written word. So it's that God that was above us has now become God with us, but now he's God in us. Can I, can I, can I take this home? It's John 14, 12. Amen. And in the middle of the road is the only place we have the liberty to teach John 14, 12. If we get off in the Perusia ditch, we won't go no further than Mark 16. If we get off in the fanatic ditch, but if we stay in the middle of the road, we have a liberty to teach that Mark 16 was the great commission. But there's also a Mark 11 and there's also a John 14, 12. And there's also a bride who has been called by the word to manifest the promise of the Bible. He said Christ in the true church is a continuation of the book of Acts. He knows if she gets the true revelation of the true church and what she is and what she stands for, that she can do the greater works. Are you hearing me? Can I, can I, can I preach to you for a minute? She can do the greater works. Who did he say that? to she who is she the bride what can the bride do the greater works you say preacher why why would brother Branham I did a study some time ago and found where brother Branham would actually refer to the bride several times as little bride and I found out it's very powerful I'm just going to give you a few he says don't you worry you little bride God's coming don't you worry another place in the midst of darkness who's going to bring the little bride out who knows about it the chief designer oh God thank you Lord he says another place it, it takes Christ to flash away on his lights then all the darkness scatters he separates 
He's pulling his little bride out. I'll take a people of the Gentile for my name's sake. Another place, he's going to bring this little bride out that's smitten right back to the side of the original word. There he is. There's the masterpiece. The family back again in the Garden of Eden. But thank God the little bride has made herself ready. Are you hearing me, church? When that little bride comes in view, it was different. Another place, I like the bridegroom taking the bride to her surprise. He said, how the little bride stands there in awe as she looks at her future home. He says, now the humble little bride of Christ just simply believes the word, whoever she is. The humble little bride simply believes the word, whoever she is. You say, preacher, why in the world are you emphasizing on little bride? Well, I read a scripture in in Proverbs 15, 16, where the Bible says, amen, that better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. Look at this word little. It means small, littleness, few, yet a little. And then I go to Luke 12, 32, and I read these words. Fear not, little flock. It's your father's. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You say, preacher, why are you emphasizing on the silver bride? Because little is much. Test it's still working. Little is much when God is in it. Little is much when God is in it. What did the prophet say? He said, this bride in the last days, the true bride, Christ's seed, will come to the headstone and she will be the super church, a super race as she nears him. Listen, church, as she gets near the headstone, she will be fewer in number, but she will be greater in power. As she nears the Christ, the anointing, the headstone, the person of the word, she will be few in number, but she she will be great in power. Listen, the God I'm talking about, he got into two fish and five loaves and he fed 5,000. He got into to water with potentials and he turned it into wine. He got into one believer. Amen. If God can get into one believer, he can perform unlimited miracles. If God can just find one believer who will stay in the middle of a road where good things happen, if he can find one young woman, one young man, one elder in the church, that will fully, completely surrender to the anointing of the headstone. They will do the greater works. Listen, church, I close by saying this. This bride is not an idol. This bride is a miracle. This bride is not an idol. This bride is a miracle. And you know what a miracle is? It's a manifestation of the glory of God. Probably God said on the day of Pentecost, he said, what happened? He said, God didn't take an idol. He took a living man and placed himself by the baptism of the Holy Ghost in this man. Not an imaginary God, not an imaginary thing, but a reality of a real God in a real man. And then this man rose up and he worked the works of God. He said, now watch it was a living God in a man that could lay himself out before God according to the word of God and the word of God would be made manifest in him. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying the ministry of the bridegroom is now in the bride. She is walking where Jesus walked. Oh God, help me, Lord. She's walking where a prophet walked. He said, I believe that Jesus Christ reincarnated in flesh in the human church here on earth, a do 
doing signs and wonders. He said the ministry of Jesus Christ is reincarnated in his church in this last day. Another place, I challenge you to believe that Jesus Christ is revealed in the form of Son of Man in human flesh through the bride's body except his call. What are you getting at, preacher? I'm saying this. Amen. Adoption authority is not coming. It's here. And the only place we have the liberty to declare it is in the middle of the road. The Bible said you have not. You say, preacher, why did you labor on fear? Because you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby you cry, Abba, Father. He said the pillar of fire is identified scientifically and by the reaction, by its character and everything else, just the same as it was when it was dwelling in the body of God's only begotten son, so does it dwell in the body of his adopted sons for this last day. Preacher, what are you saying? I got a question for you. Have you got a problem? Anybody got a problem? Maybe I should rephrase that. Have you got situations? Have you got problems? Have you got needs in your life? Have you got issues? Have you got troubles? Have you got things that the devil's trying to fear, intimidate, and manipulate you on? Have you got those things? Let's see your hand. Have you got those things? Well, then let me tell you this. You are a candidate for a miracle. If you got those things, Brother Andrew, you are a candidate for a miracle. You say a candidate, yeah, because all the miracles start by a problem. The prophet of God said, now another thing, they had saints speaking to them on the sea all night within themselves and had got nothing. But one time they took God's word, listen, and begin, and he said they got all the fish and even begin to sink their boats. Can I leave you this here tonight? Can I leave you this? Brother Bram said, men's extremity is God's opportunity. Man's extremity is God's opportunity. When you've gone as far as you can, when the doctor's just done all he can do for you, that's the time that God can go to talking to you. He said, then the miracle will take place on the word. I want to say this tonight. Satan has challenged. Satan has challenged a prophet's challenge. But you know what I want to say, Brother Timothy? Stupid devil. A devil has challenged the prophet's challenge. But the prophet says this. The enemy speaks today. And the enemy tries to say the days of miracles is past. There is no such a thing as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is only an emotion. It's only a workup. So the enemy is challenged. And his challenge must be met. You know what I say and I'm done. Where God is, miracles are. That devil has come into our churches. That devil has come into our homes. He's come into our families. And he's challenged us. He said, well, it's just a workup. It's just an emotion. It's just, an, it's just a head knowledge. There's no miracles. There's no signs and wonders. There's no manifestation. If this really is real, then where's all the miracles? If God's really with you, then where's all your miracles? Well, I want to close tonight by putting a black eye on that stupid devil's face. My God is with us. My God is not just above us he's not just with us but he is in us and what he did in his son he is doing in his bride the ministry of Jesus Christ has been reincarnated come on church is God with us is God with us is God with us is God in the middle of the road is God with this bride you say preacher they're making fun of us that's a good sign God's with us preacher they're belittling us that's a good sign God's with us if you really 
really think I'm this close to a paradox and I'm going to lay the microphone down and become some cold moss back intellectual amen theologian you lost your mind I've got a voice and as long as I've got a voice I'm going to declare that this message is not in a grave in Jeffersonville it's not in a tomb in Jerusalem brother Joseph it's right here it's right here in this building it's right here in your flesh it's right here in your church it's right here in this bride we may be a little bride but little is much little is much when God is in it we may look insignificant but if God be for us then who can be against us come on I hear you stupid devil if God's with you where's all the miracles what about it I just took 20 minutes and preached to you on creative word what about Stephanie Green over there in Wendell Martin's church liver eat up drugs tore her life up on her way to jail amen all kinds of medications but Jesus Christ the son of God come by her way in the form of this message and created in her body a brand new liver Am I a crazy man? Am I a crazy man? No, I'm in the middle of the road. What about Stephanie Collins, Bryce Collins' wife, laying in a bed the other day, listening to a sermon over at Amarillo and Jeremy Shriner, amen, receive a, a burden on his heart for her and begin to pray for her and the angel of the Lord go right into her home and deliver her from 10 years worth of headaches. If God be with us, Come on, church. I'm not going to stand here and preach Moses' paradox to you. I'm not going to repeat David's paradox. I believe in those. I'm not just going to repeat William Upshaw's paradox. I'm not just going to repeat Georgia Carter's. I'm going to repeat Elena Butts. I'm going to repeat Stephanie Green. I'm going to repeat my little baby boy. Bryce probably got him in the nursery. Amen. Just a few, just a few months ago, about a year ago this time. Amen. Went to the doctor. Amen. I pray I can have five minutes and I'm done. Went to the doctor and his little, his little belly button sticking out. Looks so painful. But my wife, God bless her. Amen. Refused to believe what the doctor said. The doctor said he's going to need surgery. It's not going to go away. It's always going to be there. But right there in the middle of a meeting at Brother Ron's church, I was preaching and we was having a, a prayer line there and she brought him up for prayer brother Tim we laid our hands on him me and brother Andrew amen just a few days later went to change his diaper and looked down and the thing was completely gone you gotta stay in the middle of the road good things happen good things happen in the middle of the road I refuse to let that devil crawl into this message I refuse to let that devil crawl into our meetings and our conventions and our youth camps and breathe his poisonous manipulating intimidating devilish breath on these adopted manifested sons and daughters of God as long as I got a sword in my hand brother Derek I'm going to swing it I'm going to swing it I'm going to swing it you can laugh at me make fun of me brother Tim let's swing it together until every devil falls and the power of the paradox is manifested in the church of the living God I'm not a crazy man I've been sent by God to tell that devil he's a trespasser he's a trespasser and God is here to put the devil out Brother Derek, creative word, creative power, creative anointing, 
God, y'all forgive me. Creative blood. Creative. Oh, God. Creative faith. Then why can't we have creative meetings? Creative word. And we got to have ordinary message sermons. Say what a prophet said. You're in position to speak. You say, preacher, why are you saying this? Because Satan is a trespasser. And there's adopted, manifested sons and daughters of God standing right here in this building tonight. And there's people right here that God has done things for that doctors still can't figure out. But he's trespassing. But I I promise you this, he can't stay. He can't stay, Brother Sam. Just the other day, Brother... Brother Ron and I was out at Brother Joe Green's meeting there in North, North Carolina. Brother Nicholas Sharnick from, from South Africa was preaching. On, I think it was Wednesday morning. The Lord began to put this thought on my heart that night before. And I'm sitting there in the meeting. And I, I, brother, brother Timothy, Brother Nicky just comes running out, man. He's all fired up, you know. He's just whew, preaching away, man, just going at it. He said, I got to testify. I got to testify. And he said these words. He said, last year I come here. He said, I was preaching. I was on fire. He said, I just left the Amazon. He's from South Africa, missionary. He said, I just left the Amazon. Come here and preach some meetings. He said, in this, he said, I got back home. And he said, the next day I ended up in the hospital. He said, while I was in that hospital, you say, preacher, why are you telling this? Because I'm telling this to show you we got a right to put the devil in his place. He's trespassing. He said, while I was in the hospital, they discovered I had a, a, an infection I'd contacted in the Amazon that was eating my lungs up. He said, I was literally laying there on the bed. But the he said, I was laying there dying. He said, they, if you want to see the pictures, I've got them. He said, they run a chest x-ray. They come back in and said, Mr. Sharnick, if, if something don't happen, you're a dead man. And showed him. And from the bottom up, his lungs were just disappearing in his body. They were, just, they were just disappearing. There was something literally eating them lungs out of his body. He said, and I laid there and I began to pray. I said, oh God. I said, you've called me to preach your word. He said, and I can't do it without lungs. He said, Lord, would you pass by my way? He said, my wife began to pray. He said, my babies begin to pray. He said, the next day, he said, I just took a breath in. He said, I went and they ran the next chest x-ray to see if there was any lungs left. He said, when they come back in, they was in absolute amazement. They said, Mr. Sharnick, your lungs are completely back in your body. We don't know what happened. They were totally gone. But you got a brand new set of lungs. You got a brand. I've got the pictures if you want to see them. You got a brand. What what happened? There was some creative word. There was some creative ground. And a creative God breathed into a manifested adopted son and gave him a new set of lungs. A brand new set of lungs. A brand new set of lungs to preach out of. Listen, he got better and went home. Brother Tim, when I was sitting there, listen to Brother, Brother Nicky tell that. There was something just grew. It just, just come across me, Brother Joe. And it, I literally spoke out in the middle of the service. I said, this is a creative meeting. And I thought, oh, dear God, what, 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 did, I, what, what did you say that to me, Lord? 
And instantly, Brother Aaron, it reminded me that we had a man in that meeting preaching who was in a fire by the name of Brother Ron Spencer. In a fire. And while he was in that meeting... In 2009, lungs destroyed by the fire. Amen. The Lord touched him while Brother Bishop was preaching, and he received a brand new set of lungs. I said, oh, God. I said, oh, God. And then it, it just come out of me like this. Cancer is trespassing on creative lungs. Cancer is trespassing on creative lungs. Cancer is trespassing I wrote it down. I still got it. It's trespassing on creative lungs. I thought, oh God, what, 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 what are you, what, what, what is coming to my heart? Brother Joe, I sat there in the back room with Brother Ron. I asked him for permission to share this. I sat there back with him and I told him what happened. I shared some of those things with him. He said, but Andrew, he said, you share that testimony all you want to. He said, but here's a point you may want to hear. He said the other day, because I thought them lungs were created by God and cancer. Oh God, you, you, you dumb devil come against something our powerful God would do. He said, Brother Andrew, I went to the doctor the other day. He said, and the doctor told me, they run the scan on my lungs. They said, Mr. Spencer, your lungs are so powerful that the tumors are not in your lungs. They're hanging on your lungs. I thought, oh God. That's Brother Ron's words. He said, the lungs are so powerful the tumors can't get in them. They're just hanging on them. I thought, that's right, my God. Whenever my God does something, that old dumb devil tries to counteract it but whatever my God has done the devil may get around it the devil may get around it the devil may get on it but he'll never get in it he'll never get in it and some of you all he saved you he give you the Holy Ghost he'll never get in your praise he'll never get in your faith he'll never get in your joy Come on, musicians. I'm talking about a God of paradox. That when God does something, the devil may come against it, but he's a trespasser. Hanging on his lungs. I thought that dumb devil's probably embarrassed every time that man of God gets up to preach. Dumb devil. Stupid devil. Listen, friends. Our God's a creator. And some of y'all sitting here tonight are only here because he created a way for you to be here. You're only where you are tonight because God, the paradox, the, the God of paradox, made a way. Listen, I think it's time to serve notice on that devil. You're trespassing on God's creative bride. You're trying to intimidate and manipulate God's creative bride. But this is the hour we will stand, and if it's our last breath, we'll scream, God done it. Brother Derek, God done it. You didn't do it. I didn't do it. God done it. God made a way. How about it tonight, church? Are you going to let the devil... Intimidate you and manipulate you. He's a bluff. He's a bluff. And God is right here in this building tonight to put the devil out. Whenever God does something, it's so powerful that even he makes signs testify. Them lungs are too powerful. Listen, church, your praise is too powerful. 
Y'all just forgive me. Your worship is too powerful. This message is too powerful. He can get around it, but he can't defeat it. Four years he's been trying to defeat our brother Ron, and that devil's defeated every day of his life. He walks in victory. He preaches in victory. What about you, church? Are you going to let the devil attach himself to what God has done and just lay down and say, well, I guess this is it. I say it's time to fight back. I say it's time to stand in the middle of the road and believe this message with everything that's within us. I say it's time to play them tapes like we've never played them before. I say it's time to say what a prophet said like we've never said it before. It's the bride's paradox. Do you believe it tonight? Won't you bow your hearts with us this evening? It's the bride's paradox. If God be with us, where's all his miracles? If God be with us, where's all his miracles? Friends, I believe tonight, as our, as our brother Ron would say, every day's a miracle. You may wake up in the morning and the sun may be shining. You say, oh, it's a good day. You may wake up in the morning and the clouds be hanging over you. But because you're a miracle, you know the sun is just on the other side of those clouds. And because God created that worship in you, God created that praise in you. God created that healing in your body. God created that deliverance. That devil trying to attach himself to it. But you just keep on pushing back. You just keep on pushing back. You just keep on believing the word of God. Receive the word of God. Obey the word of God. And the miracle will take place on the word. God bless you, sis. God bless you there. Would there be one here tonight could say, Lord, I could use a miracle tonight. A miracle. I could use a touch from you, Lord. Would there be anybody here tonight could say, Lord, I could use a refreshing, a renewing from your presence. Oh, I, I think everybody could raise your hand and say, I could use that. I could use that tonight. As we pray tonight, won't you open your hearts up with us? Won't you help us pray tonight? Maybe you're here tonight and the devil's done something, or God's done something for you rather, and the devil's attached himself to it. Maybe you, maybe you never had a worship. You never had a praise. You never had a, a freedom in the spirit of God. And God created something and you stepped right into it. And he gave you a liberty like you never had. He gave you a healing like you never had. Maybe you never could really break out of that, 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 that fear of rejoicing in the Spirit of God or amen in the Word of God or when a preacher began to dig into the message and lay it out there. Maybe you never could break out in that sphere and believe it, but God created a way for you to do it. But now that devil's trying to attach himself. He's trying to hang on to that, that creative praise, that creative faith, that creative anointing. Satan, you are defeated tonight. You are defeated tonight. Almighty God, all across this building, Lord, I'm standing in a pulpit tonight. Lord, I'm standing humbly before miracles. Lord, I'm standing before people here tonight that I know if it had not been for your grace, if it had not been for your mercy, if it had not been for your provision, Lord, we would not be here tonight. 
But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the enemy against us, than he that is in the world against us. Father, I believe that there's a bride here tonight, and I believe this is the bride's paradox. I believe wherever the message of the hour is being preached, the anointed word is coming into that anointed body and is manifesting its power and reality, signs and wonders, revelation, understanding, wisdom, and knowledge coming in the church. I believe Satan is crawling every way he can to put a spirit of fear upon the preachers, put a spirit of fear upon our young people, a spirit of fear upon our musicians, a spirit of fear upon our son. Satan, but in the name of Jesus Christ, I expose you by the authority of God's word and I stand here as an adopted manifested son of almighty God and I serve you eviction notice and I say, Satan, we will not leave this message. We will not leave the confines of this Bible. We will not leave the confines of this message. We will not venture out into psychology we will not venture out into eschatology we will not venture out into man's ideas and man's understandings and man's reasons about this message but we have been anointed and we have been liberated by the by the anointing of almighty god to stand right here in the middle of the road and lord i know as your prophet as i read the other day he said sometimes the trash gets in the middle of the road he said but we don't have to worry about getting the trash out of the road when the rain falls the rain will wash the trash out and we'll walk right on so father Father, we're praying every service, Lord, you would send the rain. We're praying every meeting, Lord, you would send the rain. Send it on Wednesday night. Send it on Sunday morning, Lord. When the young people gather in youth meetings and they sit there under the preach of this message, I pray you would send the rain, oh God, that would wash the confusion of Laodicea, would wash the filth of society, would wash the fear of the devil, amen, right out of their lives, oh God, that they can walk in the middle of this road. They can walk right where a prophet walked. They can stand where a prophet stood and they can declare with liberty who they are. They can declare with liberty where they come from. They can declare with liberty where they're going. They can declare with liberty who saved them. They can declare with liberty who healed them. Oh God, if the devils rob the liberty from any believer in the name of Jesus Christ, may they rise up tonight and rebuke the spirit of fear. May they rebuke the spirit of lukewarmness and may they take back their liberty Father. I pray for every one of my ministering brethren, oh God, as the devil is attacking the ministry on every hand. I pray, oh God, those that are here in visible and visible audience, Father, I pray a special blessing upon my brothers, Lord. May you give them the strength and the grace and the authority and the courage and the boldness of the anointing to stand there in the middle of the road and declare the word of God without fear, without favor. Declare there's liberty to cry. There's liberty to shout. There's liberty to pray. There's liberty to repent. There's liberty to forgive. There's liberty to have peace. There's liberty to dance. There's liberty to have prayer lines. There's liberty to enjoy the anointing. There's liberty to teach the message. There's liberty to say what a prophet said. There's liberty to preach the revelation. Father, and it's all found in the middle of the road where you are, Lord. Give us the grace to stand right there and we'll be sure to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. In the matchless name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. And God bless you tonight, friends. How many can say, I want to stand in the middle of the road? How many can say, I want to stand there where good things happen? Brother Tim, good things happen in the middle of the road. Miracles take place. God bless you tonight, friends.
Oh, 
seeking your faith, touching your grave. Oh, in the cleft of the rock, oh, in your presence, oh God, he counts the stars one and all. He knows how much sand is on the shore. He sees every sparrow that falls. He made the mountain and the sea. He's in control of everything. Of all creatures great. Sing it again. Oh, he counts the stars. He's in control of your situation tonight. Oh, he sees the sparrow that falls. He made the mountain and the sea. He's in control of everything. Of all creatures, great and small. Oh, he knows my name. Every step that I take. Every move that I make, oh, every tear I cry, and He knows my name. Oh, by the pain, I can't see the light of day. I know, I know that He knows my name. Every step that I just fine cause he knows my name I don't know what tomorrow will bring I can't tell you what's in store I don't know a lot of things I don't have all the answers to the questions in life See the light of day. I know, I know that He knows my name. Every oh, every move and every tear I cry, He knows my name. When I'm overwhelmed by, oh, I can't see the light of day. I know I'll be just fine, cause he knows my name. Oh, thou, oh Lord, our 